Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. How's everybody doing tonight? Yeah, man, it's Wednesday. We're in the summertime. I've been talking about summertime since February. If you guys have been around, I'm like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming, and it's here. I'm so hyped about it. I love it. We, we start our, we start our uh, kind of our summer kickoff with spring break. We always go down to Florida, and uh, we get, a, get a, to spend a little bit of time warming up from a long winter. We see my parents, and I come back with a tan, and I'm, I just keep it going like the entire time. And it's like, everybody's like, hey, you're so tan. What are you doing? I'm like, I go outside, man. Like, do you not go outside? The sun's out. You got to sit out there and get some vitamin D and get, get, some, get some sun, man. It's so good for you. So I'm just been excited about that. But uh, we're enjoying ourselves. We're having a great time. You know, Rachel and I have been uh, uh, kind of in a, in a, in a peculiar situation. We, we lived in our home for nine years and uh, we decided we're going to sell. And we did. And now we got to find a place to live. So I was joking around. I'm like, man, um, you know, we got to get out of our house here soon and we got to find some, uh, somewhere to go. And, and so I was telling somebody the other day, and they're like, where are you guys moving? I'm like, well, we don't, we don't know. We don't know where we're moving yet. Uh, but it's going to be an adventurous summer. So if y'all want to go on an adventure with us and or let us live at your home for a little while, that'd be cool. And uh, I'll bring all my kids with me and my two dogs. and It'll be fun. It's an adventure. Kathy, you going to let us come? All right, we'll come over. You know, my sister was preaching on Sunday in Avon Lake, and she said, it's going to be fun, she was telling the congregation. We're going to do a work day, and it'll be so fun. Well, let me tell you something about when a Akaetan, and I know she's a white now, but when a Akaetan tells you it's going to be fun, those are red flags for, for it's going to be work. And, yeah, we'll have fun, but there's going to be a lot of work involved, and uh, we'll have fun while we're doing it. So, you know, if I come to you and I say, hey, it'll be fun if my whole family comes to your house, just know that might be, might be a red flag. But nonetheless, the Lord has blessed us, man. We're, we're just having a great time. Our family's doing so well, and it's always exciting and an honor and a privilege for me to be here uh, in Lorraine and be able to speak and spend time with you all and just, uh, just be a part of the anointing uh, that is on this place. It's a very special, special place, you know. Sticks and stones they may be, but the anointing rests here at 4125 Levitt Road. It has been enriched over the course of many, many years, 50 years of ministry that has taken place here at this location. And it is uh, most certainly a lighthouse to not just this city, but to this region, this state, this country, this world. Uh, tens of thousands, if not millions, I could probably say, have been impacted uh, by the ministry that has been taking place here at Church on the North Coast for many, many years. And it is because of you all, your faithfulness, your willingness to continue the good work, to stay steadfast, and to ensure the, 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 the gospel of Jesus Christ is delivered to everyone. So it's a special space, uh, place to be a part of, and I applaud you, and I'm just, I'm just happy to be a part of the family. Are you? I think y'all are, man. It's a, it's a really cool place. Well, hey, let's jump into the Word tonight. I've got what I believe is a powerful message for you guys. I want to remind you of a few things. And oftentimes we'll ask ourselves, you know, what are we doing here? What do we, what do we got going on? Why are we here? What is the meaning of life? And how, how do I identify it? I just don't get it sometimes. I'm not really sure because, you know, I ride these ebbs and flows, these waves of I feel like I got everything under control. I feel like I know where I'm heading. I get it. And then I'm like, I don't even know why I'm here. Well, can I just help you simplify it a little bit? Just kind of break it down. We're going to do that tonight. But, but here's the first line. I, I just, I want you to understand the reason why you're here is to live it. You're alive to live life. You're, you're alive. You're here to live it, right? To joyfully, purposefully live the life that God has given to you. Like, you know, so a man thinks the Bible says you are, right? So, so the mentality in which you approach your day, you approach your life, 
often will dictate how you see and how you experience life. Like when you wake up in the morning and you're deciding to yourself, okay, I'm going to have a good day or a bad day. If you make that decision, some of us don't, we're overtaken with the inability to make that decision. But, but just so you're aware, and I think we've all been there, we, you do know that is your choice. That is your choice to decide whether or not today is going to be a good day. My, my good friend I met recently just a couple years ago, I'd say something like, man, have a great day. He's like, make it a great day. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, all right, I'll make it one then. I'll make it a great day. I started picking up that tagline. So I see somebody, I'm like, you make it a good day. Have a good day. Well, you make it a good day. The ability for us to determine whether or not our day is going to be good is up to you. And Jesus has implanted in each and every one of us the opportunity to do that. And here's all you have to do. Live it. The key, living it with him. Living it with Jesus every single day. Life is meant to be enjoyed, not endured. In Ecclesiastes, it says, enjoy every day of your life, no matter how long you live. But, a capital B-U-T, without Christ, it is pointless. So don't get it wrong. Don't misunderstand me. Yes, live your life with joy and experiences and be okay with failure and be okay with the celebrations and the good times and all the things that come in between. But remember this that without Jesus, it's all pointless. Everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him and everything finds its purpose in him, Colossians 1.16 says. Here we go, five points. I wanna give you five of them tonight. And the first thing you need to do is understand that the purpose in creating, uh, finding a purpose is understanding that you have it in your life. Here's the first one, to enjoy a loving relationship with God. And Isaiah says, I'm your creator and you were in my care even before you were born. Even before you took your first breath, before your mama held you for the first time, the doctor came in and slapped you on the rear end and you began to cry. Long before then, you were created with the most intimate of thought and care and precision and purpose. And Jesus has been molding you from beginning of time for this very moment. You know, there is no accidents, no oops babies with Jesus. Rachel and I had pretty much all three of them that way. You know, along came Lou, it was about seven, eight years after Emma was born. And we thought, well, you know what? We made a good run. Like it was, <laughs> we were planning on having more kids anyway. It's all good. We had another one, it's great. We're excited about that. And about 16 months later or so, oh, it wasn't even that many months later. I don't know, they're 16 months apart. So we, a little time later, we moved in, we had all these plans and then our next son came and we're like, oh man, I remember it like it was yesterday. I came home from a trip and I got to the front door and there was, I think I've told this story before, but there was like a sign on the door, welcome home, dad, and that's all these things. Then there was arrows, came in the front door and they went upstairs and I'm like, oh man, I got excited. Before I left, I told them, I was like, hey, it'd be really cool is if you guys went ahead and just went and remodeled the bathroom. We were talking about remodeling the bathroom for a long time and I, I saw the arrows pointing upstairs. I thought, surely I'm gonna walk upstairs to a brand new remodeled bathroom that I didn't have to do anything to. That's gonna be so cool. I got upstairs and I reached for the door and the arrows went to the right. I'm like, no, no, the bathroom's here. Why? All right, well, maybe they, maybe they painted something. Like, okay, they did something else. There's a surprise behind the door and, I got down to the end of the hall. I think PJ, you were there, weren't you? Yep, Precious was there, she knows the story. I got down to the end of the hall, my son's room, and I opened the door and, 
As I open the door, there sits Precious. How old are you? I don't know, probably six, seven years old. You were young, 10 years old. And she's sitting there with Emma and Rachel's sitting behind them and they're giggling and laughing. They're all excited and Rachel's behind them. She's got tears in her eyes, just nervous, right? And I'm like, what happened? And why isn't the bathroom remodeled? What are you guys doing? <laughs> and the kids, Emma and PJ, they both were like, mom's pregnant. And I'm like, oh no, yeah, good. Oh man, yes. No, you're not. Are you really? Oops. Listen, Jesus, he never, he never had one accident. You are not an accident. You were not an oops baby. You were made with purpose. And let me just, let me just finish my story. My life, it, our lives would never be the same without our Benjamin. Oh my gosh. He was made with purpose. He, Jesus gave him to us for a reason. And it is to show us how to live life. That boy was created to live. His job is to just do whatever comes on his mind. Our job is to try to stop him. I've not been very successful so far. But he is like, he is like my spirit animal. He just, he just sees and does. He thinks about the consequences later. But he loves life he, and, and he just lights our household up. But it was a moment that I was thinking to myself, like, how are we going to do this? I can't believe this is happening. And then here comes along Jesus. And he reminds us right here. He says it in, in, in Isaiah. I am your creator and you were in my care even before you were born. Because he loves you. Because he made you with purpose. You were in his care and his thoughts and he crafted you purposefully for a very, very special reason. In Ephesians, it goes on to say, Change, God's unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. And he did this because he wanted to. He chose to do this. He wanted this to happen. Again, in Ephesians, it says this was the, his purpose and that when the time is ripe, he will gather us up all together from wherever we are to be with him in Christ forever. Not just to be best friends for life. Not just to, just to kind of have an experience and, and it fade. But to be best friends for an eternity. For an eternity. And I know it's very difficult for us as human beings to wrap our minds around what eternity really means. But but for Jesus, for God, for the Almighty, the creator of all things, the master of the universe, to think of me as an individual, to describe to me in the word of God, to let me know that he crafted me with a very, very significant purpose, that he cared for me before I could even understand what it was that time even was. From the beginning of it, he made me. And now he wants to spend an eternity with me. It blesses my soul. Number two, to experience an authentic relationship with others. Man, it's so important that we, 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 we experience authentic relationships with one another. And it's cool the way Jesus made us because really, if you look at the life of Jesus, we just became a bunch of chips off the old block. That's what he did right from the get. He created opportunities for relationship everywhere he went because he understood that in those moments, the creating of meaningful relationships through the doing of the word of God, by breaking bread with people, by, by healing the sick with one another, by impacting regions with one another, by going in and changing the lives of others, 
He created memories and relationships with individuals that bonded them together in a way that was nothing short of a supernatural, spiritual experience. And when we come together with one another, whether it's at service and a life group, whether we're out together breaking bread, having dinner together, celebrating one another. That's why on our walls for many years, and we still celebrate, celebrate, say it, celebrating one another, celebrating God. It's the key to understanding how to deepen a relationship with the Lord is to celebrate one another, to hang out with one another, to build each other up, to be a part of life and joyfully live it. God settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. That's in 2 Corinthians 5.18. The truth is we need one another. Just like we need him in sickness and fear and confusion, I need you. You need me. In order to create a life, to live a life full of abundance and hope through the heartache and pain and the realities that we're all faced with as human beings, I need you by my side. When tough times come, It's in the relationships that I've invested in that I know I can come to you and say, hey, I need your shoulder to cry on (laughs) or I need your help right now. Our relationships in Christ matter so much. They are the very essence of what it is Jesus has tried to express to us from the beginning of understanding that it is in those intimate moments, in those memory-making moments that a bond between brother and sister in the Lord can create a future that leads to hope, that leads to fulfillment, that leads to healing. In Galatians 5.14, it says this, God's whole law can be summed up in this one command. Y'all know what it is. Love others as you love yourself. It's always a full circle story with Jesus. It kind of always comes back to that, doesn't it? Just a few weeks ago, I talked about it. The last thing Jesus talked about with his disciples was that he would, they would love the church the way that he loved them. That we would love one another the way he loved us. Because he understood that in those relationships is where Christ is found. It's in those moments of selfless empathy and understanding, sympathy, mercy and grace that the very essence of Jesus exists. Isn't it special when someone that you know you've wronged, when you know you did them wrong, you did them dirty, and you deserve no mercy, no grace whatsoever. And you can see it in their eyes, the difference, right? When somebody forgives you for real, compared to they just want to get this over with, yeah, man, it's all good. But when there's that moment when somebody gives something to you that you just, you can't take from them, it's, it's genuine mercy. And when you're given that genuine mercy, it is, the very, it is the very foundation of what Jesus did when he died on the cross and shed his blood. He gave something so precious that it broke sin literally in half. The, 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 the genuineness of it, the, the, the absolute uh, uh, firmness of it that, that, that you just can't, you can't replicate, you can't fake it's so important and so key to our, to our relationship with our Father that we, we exude that same attitude towards one another in giving an empathetic approach, a touch to our brothers and sisters. Number three, to develop the character of Christ. In Romans, it says, from the very, very beginning, God decided that those who came to him 
should become like his son. Jesus, man, he was nonstop looking for, not just, not just coming up upon, but looking and seeking out the untouchable. He touched him. He was the only one. When people would run from the leper, he would run to him. You know, oftentimes in our friendships, and our relationships, you ever, you ever get around some people who are having some strife at home and it's like, yeah, look, I'm going to see you guys later. I just, I don't really have the time. Wasn't that just the opposite of who Jesus was? It's like he was drawn to the pain. And he didn't just do it because he felt obligated to. It was who he is. Christ incarnate coming to that and going, look, I, I'm just going to come step right into your mess. I want to be here and I'm not leaving until we get it figured out. Man, when you're surrounded by folks like that in your life, like tell me that's not the very reason why you still come to this church. Why you still have a relationship with Jesus, why you have a relationship with others. Because I have a whole lot of friends and acquaintances but I only have a few people, right? Like I only got a few boys in my life. I only got a few, few, few people in my life that I know I'm gonna come to or they're gonna come to me more importantly when I'm really going through the things that I just can't really tell anybody else about. They're attracted to my mess. They're invested into, into the, to the eternity of my life. The way Jesus was invested into every single issue that he came upon, he went seeking it out. Let me come find out where the worst of the worst live and let me touch them. Let me find out where they go, where they stay. I need to have dinner with them over there. No, you can't go eat with them. Do you know what they do? Yes, I know exactly what they do. That's why I need to go be with them. <laughs> Troy and I used to have this story we'd always talk about. We still actually have the story now. This is how we, we came to a conclusion a long time ago. You know, there's, there's our way, there's your way, and then there's a third way, Right? And we would often come to a conclusion as we work together, you know, we would think about it for a while. And oftentimes, you, you know, you try your way, it doesn't work out. You're like, well, what, what do you think? And you try that way and that doesn't seem to work out. We'd often have to go through that process like many of us do, right? We try out all those different things and we try to get things done the hard way. And then we realize, man, there's, there's actually a third way. It doesn't look like what you have to say. It doesn't look like what I have to say. And then we start looking up and we see, man, Jesus has a whole different kind of way to do things. A whole different way of approaching a situation. And it just, it looks backwards in this human life. But the way he gets things done is with empathy, with sympathy, with understanding and mercy and grace. He approaches the situation with a little bit of a, I can see what you're going through because I'm willing to, to, to put on the shoes you're wearing. To just take, take a step back and instead of trying to correct you, discipline you, change you, just let me listen to you for a little bit. Let me hear what you're going through. Let me understand why you feel the way you do. And what's miraculous about that moment is like, you can say those things and communicate that. And often that's when the miracle takes place. And you haven't really done anything <laughs> except for just sit back and act a little less like yourself and a little more like Jesus. It's a powerful thing. In Romans 8, 29, it says, he decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. 
we see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. It's that moment, right? Just a few years back. Well, it's been a while now. <laughs> but the WWJD bracelets that everybody was wearing for a long time, which, man, I, we should just go ahead and bring them back. What would he do? What would the third way look like of getting the job done? Jesus always found a way to address the greatest need. And he did it by allowing the Holy Spirit to do his job. By infiltrating the pain and the hurt of others in a way that only God can. By creating a moment where he would step into the muck and the mire, the dirt of life, and just be there. Just be available. You know, it's often said the best ability is what? Availability. Just be there. Just be there for people. Showing up, man, that's like, that's an incredible attribute. More and more as life goes on, it seems like if you could just show up, you could be like top 10. You could just be here. That'll get the job done nowadays. But that's often what it takes because reality is when miracles take place, me and you don't have much to do with it. It's the power of Jesus that's taking place, that's working in the, in the situation. But it's through relationships, it's through us that Jesus works. And so when we show up and say, hey, look, I brought Jesus with me. What's that mean? I'm not really sure all I know is that he loves you, that he's here for you. And no matter what you're going through, he's going to fix it. If we just offer it up to him, we just sit here for a little while. I don't know how it works, man. I can tell you, like, it does. It's miraculous. So if you don't have the words, the explanation, the doctrine, the, the education, don't worry about it. Just show up. Just show up and listen and let them know and remind them every couple minutes, right? Set a timer on your watch. Let them know Jesus is doing this. <laughs> just, so we're, just so you're aware, I just want to remind you, this is Jesus right now. So let's pray again. Let's talk to him one more time. Let's just let him know that we love him. Let's glorify him real quick, just for 30 seconds. And then we can go back to talking about what you're going through. But let's just glorify Jesus right now, invite him into the room. It's really, it's simple, right? But it's hard, but it's the third way. It's how, it gets, it's how it gets done. Let's move on to number four. To express your God-given abilities. Man, this is so important. Do you all know that we were all created with individual superpowers? Man, you can do things I can't do. Not because you worked at them. Not because necessarily you trained them. And all things. You were born with these gifts that God placed inside of you for a very specific purpose and was like, here, I'm going to give this to you, Ron. This is for you, only for you. I need you to be this. And for years and years and years, often we'll find ourselves ignoring what God placed in us, trying to be something we're not because we saw somebody else doing something we thought was what we should be doing. That's craziness. It's so important for us to understand that when our children are being raised, why I love so much about North Coast, like our camp coming up, man, if you got kids, you better get them there. It's five days straight of helping them ensure understanding that they were made with purpose and Jesus has blessed them with the gifts and who they are is exactly who they're supposed to be. All you sassy people out there, you were made with sass for a reason, okay? You 4 a.m. waker-uppers, you crazy workout type A personalities, gotta run everything keep checklists and have sticky notes everywhere. I appreciate you. That's not me. But if I didn't have you, I probably wouldn't have graduated. You saved me, right? You organize people. You're fantastic. I love it. You adventurers. 
that can just seemingly get in the car and go anywhere, anytime. Man, I, I love that. It's awesome. But nothing would ever get done if we didn't have doers. The guys and the girls that are like, man, we'll figure it out along the way. Let's just go. You can't do that. Yes, we can. Right? All those type A's are back here planning all the time. They're just trying to figure things out. All the planners are like, well, we got to figure things out. No, we're just going to go do it. But it's when we come together with all those special superpowers that Jesus is placing us, man, we're, we're conquering things. There's nothing more powerful than a unified church, than a unified people. You can't be stopped when you bring everything to the table and go, look, together we're going to make this happen. Suddenly, with our powers combined, we're rocking this city for Jesus. We're changing this world. We're, we're making moves on this planet that can only be described as a supernatural power of God taking place. People won't be able to understand what's happening. We're, we know we're just a unified church. We're a unified people identifying and understanding that what's been placed inside of us is special. What's been placed inside of us is unique. And it was done with purpose because since the beginning of time, God made me, he molded me and he crafted me with a very much a specific identity and purpose on this earth. Understanding your God-given ability. Ephesians 2.10 says this, God made us to do good works, which he planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. He planned it in advance. Every step you've ever taken, wrong path, right path, ups and downs, lefts and rights, norths and souths, God's been there along the way. The Bible tells us that you're the apple of his eye, that we are the apple of his eye. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made, how many times you've chosen the wrong path, how many regrets you might have in your life. The fact remains that you were made with a purpose and God's destiny for you is never gonna go anywhere. You can run from it as hard and as fast as you like, but God will get his. <laughs> And you will fulfill the destiny that he has planned for you. God needs you to be who he's created you to be. You've got a job to do. And number five, this is the final one. It's to fulfill a personal life mission. In John 17, it says this, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, and this is Jesus talking, I give them a mission in this world. God gave his son a mission in which he completed. And thank you, Lord, that I don't have the same mission as Jesus. The blood has been spilt. The price has been paid. But don't misunderstand that you still have a very important mission on this earth. Each and every single one of us has been called for a very specific purpose to communicate, to exemplify, and to demonstrate the power of Jesus and what he can do for every single person, what his blood was spilt for, to identify for people that they are worthy, that they are saved, they are blessed, and there is an eternity of goodness waiting for them after this life. Now, should you choose to accept it in this world, here's your mission. To find your neighbor, your coworker, your friends, man, even your in-laws. <laughs> and I know we didn't choose where we were born, to whom we were born, or even when we were born. 
But the reality of it is, is that God did. And if you're here now and you're breathing, you're alive, you're under the sound of my voice, that mission is being offered to you here again tonight. And if we'll be willing to build our life around these five purposes, we can leave here tonight again refreshed, living with purpose again, living with joy again, living with identity again. So many times in our lives, we found our ups and our downs. We're thinking like, why am I even here? I wish it could be three, four, five, ten years ago. I remember back then, man, I was so driven. I felt like I knew exactly what I was supposed to do, where I was supposed to go, who I was supposed to be. And now I just don't get it. I don't understand why I'm even here. Well, you lost track a little bit. That's okay, but here we are again. Listening to the preacher trying to tell you, like, I'm telling myself, really, I, I, I say it just about every message. If you're hearing me speak, it's because this is what's on my heart. It's what God's been telling me. It's what he's saying right to me, so I'm just kind of communicating it back to you. Lou, I want you to reinvigorate the passion that I have for you, to refine the purpose that I have for you. You don't have to be all down and depressed just to not feel like you have purpose or kind of feel like you're out of it. You're just kind of moving around, going through the motions a little bit. But man, how much better is life when you're living with a full understanding of what exactly God's called you to be? I just got to hang out with one of my really good friends I've gotten to know over this last year. And man, he's on fire for Jesus. Spent the last like 10 years down in Tennessee doing some work in a field. And uh, it's, um, he does tattoos. He, he, it's, a, it's a dark world is what he calls it. You know, he's like, it's a dark world. Just the whole, the whole genre of, 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 of atmosphere, people, and kind of the, the, the career path. It's just, it can, it can lean that way. He said, I was involved in it, man. Like I knew Jesus and I, and I knew him, but I just was sucked into that. Like that whole world, the, the carnal end of it. And I, I knew I wasn't supposed to be there and I never really felt like I fit in because he, he didn't. <laughs> He's like, and I almost quit a bunch of times. Like I just, I didn't want anything to do with it because I felt like that was what was deterring me from what it is God called me to do. And, and then he realized that's exactly what God called him to do to infiltrate the darkness with the light of Jesus, with the talent that God placed in him, to be able to go places and talk to people that no one else would ever have access to, that you and I will never, ever get to speak to. I mean, this is the kind of talented man I'm talking about. He's tattooing NFL players and NBA players and celebrities all over the world. They're flying him out, you know, paying him tens of thousands of dollars to do what would be a couple hundred dollar tattoo in Cleveland. Like they're paying him tons of money to go to these places. Showing up, there's entourages all over the place, drugs and alcohol and women, and they're doing all their things. And he's like, man, I just don't want anything to do with it anymore. But then I realized, then I realized that I can either go to those places and be changed by the atmosphere, or I can go to those places and I can change the atmosphere. And I decided not to quit. And here he is today left the place he was at, came back home to Ohio, still picking up all these crazy contracts. The story he tells me is nuts. It's these crazy contracts. And the very first time he got a call this last time around to be flown out to, 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 to do some work for some players in the NFL. Man, he was always like, I was on my knees for weeks. Like, Lord, just protect. Like, I, I'm going, I'm gonna do this. Like, I know what you've called me to do. I know what I have to do. I, I need your strength. I know I'm going to get there. I know what I'm going to see. I know what I'm going to smell. I know what's going to be there. I know, 
I know the, the, the spirits that are going to envelop this whole entire situation. He's like, but I'm willing to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to do battle on your behalf. He shows up and he literally kicks out the, he's like, y'all, look, I'm here. You got you to tell your boys to leave. You got to tell them to leave. It's just me and you. That's how it's going to go. And without question, y'all got to leave. Everybody leaves. I get my speaker out, start playing some worship music. It's like some rap. That's like Christian rap, whatever. Three or four hours into the tattoo, this player begins to just kind of break down, weep, tell the story of his life, right? The bravado starts to come down. The ego starts to go away. Starts to listen to the lyrics that are being played behind him. Starts to understand there's something different about this guy. All the other tattoo artists I've ever had, just, just they don't, they, you know, they want the entourage. They want the party. They want everything going on around them. And suddenly there's a relationship that starts, a conversation that starts. And understanding there's something different about you. What, what do you, what, who is this? Why is this on the speaker? And, and why, why'd you make all my boys leave? <laughs> well, fast forward the story before he left after three or four days where he was. This young man gave his heart to Jesus. Yeah. And created a relationship with my friend that will now last forever. So he comes back and he's telling me, he's like, bro, I'm so excited. I'm so excited because I found purpose. And it's not in my, my talent, in my, in my ability to be able to really be a good tattoo artist. It's in, it's in my understanding of who God created me to be to be able to communicate the message of Jesus to those who would ever, never step foot into a church, never step foot into an atmosphere outside of the world that they know. And now I'm stepping into their world and I'm creating a difference and I'm, I'm infiltrating darkness with Jesus' light and it's powerful. And here's where you're at. Whether you're going back to your job tomorrow, you're going into schools, you're going into homes or families that may not be the kind of places where you, you would think that they're looking for Jesus, but I'm telling you they are. They're hungry for it. They're desperate for it. And the only way they're ever going to hear it is from you. So if you're choosing to accept your mission tonight, to understand who God created you to be, to live with these five purposes, to enjoy a relationship with Jesus, to create authentic and real relationships with others, to develop a godly character, to use your God-given talents for his glory in order to fulfill your mission. Come on, stand up with me tonight. I've got just a couple other scriptures I want to share with you before we go. And it's in Ephesians 5.15. It says, life, live life with a sense of responsibility. Not as those who do not know the meaning of life, but as those who do. And make the best use of your time. <laughs> you know, to really enjoy the temporary on this life, You've got to live with the mentality of eternity. You've got to see every situation, every life choice that you make, every place that you go with an eternal perspective, realizing that the contact you have with other people may be the life or death moment that changes for them forever. It's a mission if you accept it, that's a very serious one. But know this, it comes with a lightning of a burden. It's a contradicting statement, an oxymoron, if you will, but it creates a lightness to your life, a joy-filled, fulfilling moment to live with the purpose of understanding that everywhere you go is an eternal moment. It's freeing because it's what God's placed inside of you.
to be with him forever. That's the goal. That's the purpose of life. To be with Jesus everywhere that you go, every moment of your day, and then to spend eternity with him. Accepting Jesus isn't a hard thing. It's not a burden thing. Not when you realize that you're creating eternity for others. You're giving others a gift that they can't get anywhere else. You're walking into a moment when the sincerity and empathy of your eyes and your voice, the body language you give, breaking down walls of disconnection, frustration and hatred. People are so ripe and receptive and ready. They're just looking for you to do your job. Do the mission you said you would be willing to accept. Just be there. Just show up. Just be ready. Give yourselves completely to God, every part of you, to be used for his good purposes. <laughs> Come on, tonight. If you're willing to accept that mission tonight, can you say amen? amen. Good. I'm happy for you that you did because I'm telling you, man, it's the best life. And I realize, you know, there's a battle being fought every single day, man. The frustrations and complexities of life are not easy sometimes. It's frustrating and very difficult to stay on track 24-7. I mean, just stepping outside my house, I'm like, all right, I'm ready. Let's go. Deep breath. I know I'm about to get hit from every single direction and all kind of nonsense. I got to keep my eternal hat on. I got to keep my eternal lenses on. Knowing the next situation I run into might determine whether or not somebody gets to go to heaven or they don't. It can feel burdensome. It can feel tough. That's why it's so important you stay geared up, stay prayed up. Build relationships. Get to church, man. Get in the house of God. Keep worship music flowing in your house. You got to stay in the spirit all the time, right? What's the Bible say? Pray without ceasing. That's what it means. Stay, stay in the spirit all the time. Like, oh, you got to stay consistent. On a quiet Wednesday here in Lorain, Ohio, man, I just want to give everybody the opportunity, if you haven't, maybe it's been a little while, there's some issues in your life, to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to reconnect with your Savior tonight the most important thing we do. All the words prior to these mean a whole lot less because this is the moment. This is the peak. This is the crux of the situation that before you leave here tonight, you know for a fact, for a bottom line, 100% that if you were to die tonight, you would meet your maker and he would welcome you into the gates of heaven. And if you don't know that tonight, or if you do, I want to ask you this. To bow your head, close your eyes, and just gently repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Father, forever, the rest of my life, I choose to serve you make you the king of my life, to 
lean into you in every situation. Father, to rely on you for all that I need. Thank you for dying for me. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, that's exciting. Can you give him a hand? Man, God is so sweet. I hope the Lord's blessed you tonight, that you can leave here tonight just feeling refreshed and light because that's the Father you serve. Man, he loves you so much. There's nothing he wouldn't do for you. He wants to hear from you every moment of the day. Talk to him. Lean into him. Conversate with him. Ask him questions. I can guarantee you he'll respond. I know because he does to me. And I know many others feel the same way. Amen. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. We'll see you guys back here on Sunday. Hey, guys. Listen, if you didn't get your ticket for the men's breakfast, get it. We're going to be here at 9.30 this Saturday morning. You got to get here. Nick Guy is going to bring an awesome word. We got all kind of fun stuff going on. Kim's making us a killer breakfast. We're going to throw down and have some fun. So, ladies, if you want a guy, you got to get your, uh, get your man here. Just let him know there's going to be food. All right? Let them know there's going to be some food here. We're going to have some fun. We'll see you guys then. Be blessed.